0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah.
1: All right, so getting loaded up, ready to go to Charlotte. I wonder if, you know, last time I was there, we hit this um, meat house. Oh, there was just a great uh, barbecue down there.
0: Oh, there's good food down there. You know, know, they got some sensational barbecue down there. Can we, real quick, before we get back into that, because you know i got time for that. Um, Can can we, real quick, Wolf, I think we might have to play judge and jury here. Okay. You know, Cincinnati calls itself the Queen City. Right, right. So does Charlotte. They both call themselves the Queen City. Hmm. So who's the real Queen City here?
1: You know, the king of the queen cities <laughs>
0: <laughs> are the Pittsburgh Steelers. There we go.
1: No, I like that. Oh, very well played, Wesley. Very
0: well played. <laughs> I like
1: Charlotte though.
0: But I you're do right. Like I I I you know, it's funny, I uh, said a lot of similar things about Indianapolis before we, we went there a few weeks ago, but right. much like Indy, Charlotte is its one of my favorite American cities. The people are kind, the city is clean, you can walk around anywhere, there is yes. great food everywhere, it's easy mm. to get around. I'm um, I just i I'm a big fan of Charlotte, but you're, you're right, the barbecue and the soul food, oh, I can't wait for Saturday night. You know,
1: we went to a, a barbecue meat house when we were down there last time, and I was just... Wow, I was in a tizzy, man. It was just so good. <laughs> I
0: was in a tizzy. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, because when you
0: when you They got, call that a food coma.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, you know, you get the, the meat sweats going on oh. and everything like that because you're just, you're just putting it down. You know, I know just, it.
0: I know you, it. You'd be better off with
1: a shovel than a fork. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, you just yeah. put, pull that down. So,
0: yeah, anyhow- Hey, we're um, approaching noon. Be careful. Yeah, right? I know. Just start drooling like Homer Simpson over here. <laughs>
1: That's all we need. But turning it over, we gotta take a look at the defense because they have a pretty good defense. They got they're about middle somewhere in the middle of the road, but their front end is they're pretty good guys. You know, you take a look at them. Brian Burns is a defensive end. He's about 6'5", 250, a four year guy. This guy's got ten and a half sacks. He is uh he's got at least a half a sack in five straight games. He's getting it done. Um you watch this guy, Brian
0: Burns, he gets after it um yeah he's he's i think you know uh i think he's one of the more underrated pass rushers in the national football league yeah you honestly. don't hear a lot of bang about him
1: but uh he's a guy that uh if, if you are not on your dan moore's got he's got a big job yes you know dan oh, moore's yeah. got a big job coming up this weekend and uh, brian burns is the guy he's the guy he's got to get after derrick brown plays right next to him and he's uh one sack, I don't know how you got a one interception. <laughs> but I, I always like to highlight that amongst the beef eaters. Heck yeah. You know, hey, if you got an interception like like a couple of years ago, Captain Cam had I was going to say, Cam's,
0: Cam's, yeah, he's had a couple, right?
1: Yeah, he had, actually at one point he had more interceptions than he had sacks that's funny <laughs> it was it was an anomaly well i'm he not sure back. if he
0: wants that many but you know <laughs> yeah
1: no i don't think he wants that many um he just got a sack running you know he got that sack total going that's
0: all but yeah t- i mean 10 and a half sacks in 13 games for brian burns that's that's impressive you got a forced fumble in there as well too like i said he is he's one of the more underrated edge guys i think in the national football league
1: he is he's got a lot of quarterback pressures too you know he gets buzzing around the quarterback makes life kind of because this is a d-line that will stunt and angle okay so you got to be on your toes you know you got to be able to um you got to have power and and quickness but at the same time you got to be able to match um what they're doing you take that one counter step when you're on the inside zone outside zone what have you the bucket step you got to be able to do what you need to do there and uh this is a pretty good defensive line. I mean, in my most humble opinion, Yetter Gross Matos at nine, number ninety-seven. He's the opposite end. How do you? Okay, how do you pronounce that? Yeter, Yeter.
0: You got it. Sounded uh, out.
1: Yeter Gross Matos. There you go. You got it. Maybe, maybe I could. You know, Alvaro could help me a little bit. Yetter Gross Matos. <laughs> hey,
0: he's a Penn State guy, right down the road. Yeah, he is. That's true. Yeah, uh, I, I really like him. I mean, Shaq Thompson's been in this league for a long right. time. Derek Brown's the one for me, though, Wolf. Um, he's, he's trouble. He is trouble. He is a great interior run stuffer. Um, my second combine, it would have been, um, he was one of the the hot shots when I was out there in, in Indianapolis with, mm-hmm. with Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson for a week covering the combine. That was he,
1: three years ago. He yeah, he went he went
0: seventh overall in that draft out of Auburn, had a huge senior year at Auburn where he was just eating SEC uh offensive linemen. Uh and he has yeah, he's he's been a very nice player for them. He's uh you know, he's uh what's here, still oh just 24 years old yeah he's uh, a young buck. young guy he is a great run stuffer he's getting better and better he was he was one of those guys that I had a little bit of a crush on coming out of the draft I knew again a man that, crush now. yeah that's yeah, right okay. that's right a football crush yes, you know okay um that uh that I knew again you know kind of like when we were talking about Akeem McQuanu earlier on like I knew oh, the yes. Steelers weren't going to be drafting high enough to get this guy um, but he is—he's a good player on the interior. Of that he's defensive solid, line.
1: you know. He's rock solid. Plays with a low pad level. Shoots his hands. He's—he's—he's um, he's, he's, uh, quite accomplished in close quarter combat. You know, uh, close quarter combatives. I should say the stand up grappling, as I refer to it as. You know, um, I like—I like, I, I like his, his, like I said, his ability to take on the double team. Uh, Matt Ioannidis is on the other side, a defensive tackle. He's a one-sacker. There's there's not a whole lot of sacks here on uh, the, this side of the ball. But the guy that I, I look at that caught my eye was Frankie Lavou, uh, Lavou, Lavou. I don't know. Um, we're gonna have to work on that one before Sunday. <laughs> but he's the outside linebacker. And, we'll get uh, one of the
0: PR people from the Panthers yeah, to come visit the booth and sit down, run through yeah. the pronunciations. with us. L u
1: v u Lavou. I don't know uh would you say lavoo or is it lavoo uh, re- regardless um but anyhow uh he's 6'3 235 the dude has got 12 tackles for loss and five sacks forced fumble interception um this guy he comes downhill like a wolverine with his hair on fire i mean just watch him he just he bangs uh, i got a lot, i got respect for this man's game he is really interesting to watch I uh, kind of reminds me a little bit, not quite as um in, in playing outside, but Matt Milano from the Bills. He kinda yeah, has a little yeah, gives me a little a good comparison. I like Yeah, a little little comparison to Matt Milano. Um, but certainly he's a guy that you're gonna have to get a hat on and be aware of when he's out there. And of course Damian Wilson in the middle. Um, he's another guy that uh just has a has a great bang. Um he's about six one, two fifty. He's in that area there but uh L- the LeVu is a guy in the second level and shack thompson's good too i mean he's mm-hmm. i think he's a leading tackler is he i believe so yeah if i if i got that correct he's another... he's got
0: 98 already
1: yeah yeah he's got
0: and he's got 58
1: solo it's impressive you know I mean? that's impressive. That impressive but uh, he's got four passes defense he's capable in pass coverage he's also got seven tackles for loss so between um Levoux and uh shack thompson you got almost 20 plays where they've dropped them behind the line of scrimmage. And that tells you that these guys are capable of shooting gaps, reading instantaneously, and also taking advantage of when they're called upon to blitz or dog, uh, you know, run down blitzes, that sort of thing. They're capable of doing whatever is called upon, that's being called upon for them to do. So, and you throw in Marcus Haynes Sr. uh, As a guy um, also backing up, and that guy's got four sacks too. So those are, the, those are the guys that you've got to really be aware of. They're the ones that, in my mind, um, they're going to come at you with a big downhill bang, and you've got to be able to move these guys and uprooting them and being accountable uh, to each other offensively. Um, this offensive line has got to... Get right back on the rails. This is what yeah. happens. You get uh, you get your, your your mojo rolling. You get rolling downhill, <clears throat> and I know people say, "Well, it's also you know the the you know the capabilities of the teams that you just played. You know some of them not so good." You know what? Here's the thing that I found in my own experience: when you get your mojo running, and even if it's at the expense of a couple of weaker defensive teams, but you get that acknowledgement, that confidence, that ability, where okay things are working our way, it still flows even to the, against the big guys, Yeah, the better defensive teams, because everybody's got an, ab- an ability at this level. Not everybody manifests it correctly at the same time and in the same way. Some guys enter into the game with a little bit more mental RPM, some little less. There's things going on in their lives that sometimes are distracting that nobody ever talks about. But the fact of the matter is, when you get a uh, history of of doing well, you know, you like go three, four, five games where you're running the ball well, you're pass protecting well. Now you, that confidence rolls, and you start splashing other teams and whacking the daylights out of them. Now you right might run into somebody like you ran into the Baltimore Ravens last week that put it on you, and you weren't able to put it on them. Well, you got to reload. That's what you do. That's the nature of life in the NFL. There is nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. Nobody's coming in to save you. You've got four walls, and inside those four walls are the people that can change it, and that's exactly where it's at. Again, it's Yoda football: do or do not. There is no trying, and that's to do me. Oh, do not! <laughs> there is no trying. Curses, Batman! Sometime I am going to nail that. <laughs> you know.
0: Well, to be fair, I did just kind of double dip there. Maybe I only need to do it the first time, but okay, I don't know. okay. I think you like it.
1: I love it, and that's why I am going to do it again. I am going to do it right. Do or do not. There is no trying.
0: Oh, crap. Now that time I do. wasn't ready.
1: <laughs> oh, do not. There is no trying. We're going to try one more. What do you say, Wes? Okay, okay. Third time's a charm. All right. Do or do not. There is no trying. Do or oh, do not.
0: There is no trying.
1: Success at last. <laughs> you know, people got to think we're mental.
0: Oh, they don't think. They know, baby. <laughs>
1: But you know what? Thank thank goodness we have some people of the same mentality that are concerned enough about us that, for the sake of journalistic integrity, they will text you, call in, what have you, <laughs> that we are incorrect in our assessment of, of where an Arby's, Arby's, came an Arby's
0: from. commercial. Yeah, no, I, I love it, and that is again, like I said, you know, people are listening. But it's always nice to know people are listening. Yeah, I, I, you know, the good lady Hoopy. All right, that's my mom. Of
1: course. She's always she's always hanging on, you know. And she she will come out from time to time and say, "No, you know what? You sound a little tired. What's the matter, honey?" <laughs> I'm like okay, well, don't worry about it. I'm fine.
0: Yeah, my my mom does the same thing. It's funny. I'll I'll see her a lot of times. You know, like one or two days a week, she'll uh, she'll usually take our daughter Olivia for us and and watch her. Uh, my wife works from home a little bit. We have a like a babysitter type daycare person that we take her to sometimes. My mom also helps us out. It's like a little smattering there, but sometimes I'll you know I'll finish up here and I'll go to go to pick up my daughter at my mom's house, and she'll be like, "You guys had me cracking up on the show today. <laughs> like, oh, you were listening." Huh? all right good
1: that sounds good exactly so well I take a look at the in this the back end of this defense Wes, and that j c horn really steps out oh. he's a second year guy uh six one two hundred pounds uh, three interceptions seven passes defensed. um he looks he looks very capable
0: yeah I mean I I love what they have the combination of him and CJ Henderson together you know two top 10 picks recently but JC Horn uh, you're right Wolf he man he he has got that lockdown type corner you know uh, he's only 23 years old last year uh started out fantastic uh, as a as a rookie before uh, getting injured, only played a couple games last year, but looked really solid to start the season. And then this year, he's kind of picked up where he left off. Just in his in his sophomore year, uh, he's got three interceptions in eleven games. He is just he's everything you want in a defensive back. He 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 really is. I think you know again he's that type of guy who you know ten years from now it wouldn't surprise me if he's got a few All Pros under his belt and a bunch of Pro Bowls and and that kind of thing. Um, you know, he was a top 10 pick for a reason and he is, man, he is, he has looked the part here early on in his NFL career.
1: He has indeed, you know, and that was a pretty good assessment by you. You know, and I, think- Listen,
0: I like talking about these these guys that are only in like their second or third years on other teams. Right. Because I, I spent two months, three months covering them around the combine in the draft. True. True. And especially these teams like Carolina Wolf, who are always picking high in the draft. Right. Because we do a ton, you know, again, my myself, Dale Lali, and Matt Williamson, we go out to the Combine every year for a week and get really, you know, deep into, into all that. You guys do, man. JC Horn, Derek Brown, Icky Aquanu, all these guys who are like top ten pick. That were, you know, CJ Henderson that were big stories at the combine. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know a lot about these guys. Well, I agree
1: with you. I mean, uh, CJ Henderson, that's a great corner to corner ratio you got there. Two two top 10
0: picks. Yeah. uh, Both guys pretty relatively young. Yeah. yeah, C.J. Henderson. I tell you what, if he's your number two, that's a that's a that's a good Robin to your Batman there. I, I think you again. They're they're still so young, those two. Um, I mean, they're both still on their rookie contracts, so you don't want to crown guys early, right? But no, they're one and one eight. But right? but yeah, but man, Wolf. I mean, they could they could really blossom into. And uh, I mean, hey, you could maybe even make this argument already. One of the best cornerback tandems in the entire league. I mean, they're they are very good. They're young. No they're talented. They've got the pedigree. Um. And yeah, you, you're going to have to be on your p's and q's because they can ball hawk as well too. And we know how important that ball security is going to be on Sunday.
1: What do you think about Jeremy Chin? Because that's probably a guy that you covered too.
0: Jeremy Chin, yes, of course, out of out of uh, Southern Illinois, he was a uh, 2020 draft, I believe. Uh, he was a second three year guy. Yeah, he was a second. He was a second round pick that year, I want to say. Um, I, I like he. He's got length. He's six three. Um, he is not as much of the. Ball hawk type, I wouldn't say. Like I, he doesn't, he doesn't have that. Uh, no, he doesn't have that Minka Fitzpatrick nose for the ball. Right, right. But he maybe does some of the Terrell Edmonds stuff a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's had each of his two full seasons in the NFL. Wolf, he's had over a hundred tackles. He's that. He, he's that classic kind of strong safety. You yeah. know what I mean? He's going to play in the box. He he can thump at his size, six six three, two hundred twenty 220 pounds, has had over 100 tackles both of his, his first two years in the league, now in his third year. Um, he's a good player. He, he is. And he's one that um, how they use him will be interesting to me because... Uh, do they want to use him maybe against the Muth and against the six twelve to try and do some things in the pass game? That's what
1: I was thinking because I've watched him. He, he had some, he was covering some tight ends. In yeah, the
0: film. they have him cover tight ends. He plays you know he plays down close to the box. So yeah, he's one of those guys in both the run game and in terms of your tight ends. You got you got to find ways to neutralize him because he will be a thorn in your side for sure.
1: No doubt about it. And the other one, Xavier Woods, good player. Yep player. Yep. You know what I mean? He it, is
0: question his status is questionable right. uh for for uh for Saturday or for for Saturday for Sunday. Sunday.
1: I even have the question mark on my chart. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> How about that? Very fancy. Although although I overlooked it until you met you mentioned it.
0: <laughs> well, hey, that's why that's why we need each other here, partner.
1: Oh, exactly so. There's no doubt about it, but this is a defense. It's not a bad defense. You know no. what I mean? They are They've got uh, the ability to be able to get after you and, and do some things, but I again I look at this as a team that we should be able to run on.
0: I agree. I I'm with you. You know, it's it, there is kind of a weird disconnect, Wolf. Where if you look just at their defense on paper, right? You, you like the names, you really do. You do. But they have they've been inconsistent. Um, they have had weeks where they were that kind of dominant defense. That they, I mean, you, you just look at the draft capital that they have on that defense, right? Brian right. Burns right. and Gross Maddox and Shaq Thompson, Derek Brown, who was a recent first-round pick, C.J. Henderson, recent first-round pick, uh, J.C. Horn, recent first-round pick, right? Jeremy Chin, recent second-round pick. Like, they've invested a lot into that defense. And the results have been there at times, but it's been very inconsistent. And... You know they were able to go to Seattle last week and, and win in a hostile environment, a tough place to win on the road in yeah, Seattle. And there, a long of, of flight, of course, man. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like every everybody knows, Seattle is a tough place to win because of that crowd and because of the journey and the trip to get there. Um, they were able to do that, but they still gave up a lot of points in the process. Um, that was, I think, more so because their offense had a had a really good day, and Sam Darnold had one of his better games. Um, but this is this is a defense that. It's it's a mixed bag. You really never know what you're going to get. But I, again, I think that's why I think the start is so important. If you can if you can play with the lead, you can kind of dictate how you want things to go. You can be patient. You can not have to be overly aggressive, and and you can hopefully force their offense. You know, on the on the on the back foot there a little bit as well too. But it's it's an inter- interesting defense. It really is. I think that's part of you know not to go too much on a tangent here, but I think that's part of why. You know, Matt Rule lost his job earlier this season because with all that they've invested in terms of money and draft capital into that defense, I, I think they were expecting that unit to be a little bit more dominant.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, if you take a look at some of the the stats, they're 24th against the run. Ooh. That's not what I would expect it here. They're 15th against the pass, um, 13th overall in scoring. That was Dick LeBeau's favorite. The, the only thing he ever looked at statistically. Scoring defense, scoring, yeah, right? scoring defense. Yeah, you know. Um, he always said that's the only thing that matters but uh you know you just look at it and they're, they're only 20th in sacks it's not like they're not a sack heavy team um they're they're tied defensively in, in takeaways they're 23rd 17th in red zone um you know big plays tw- tied for 22nd um but the, the thing that's interesting is that uh, their total scoring is they're 16th they're they're right in, you know right in the middle in total defensive scoring, so it's it's one of those things that, to me. Some days they play; they're, they're really hot. Some some they're not, and part of it has to do with complementary football. Depending on what your offense is doing, if the offense is putting short fields out to the opponent, and the defense is getting hammered with that, those are things that you you know you don't know right. You know uh, you know how much it plays into it, right? But certainly it does play into it. So oh, anyhow, we got to go to break. You know what? We're going to come back. and are going to continue the scouting report here with Wes and Wolf. You are in the locker room. Uh, Max is flying eastward, and uh, we will get him this weekend because the Steelers will be down in Charlotte, 1 o'clock kickoff against the Panthers. We'll be back more after this.
0: in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Allen stays in the
1: shotgun. And he's going to do the shovel pass. And the ball comes out at the goal line. Steelers pick it up and they're running in the end zone. And that's Josh Jackson who had the ball. And that'll be called Miles Jack with the hit. At the goal line as the shovel pass went to Quentin Morris. And the Steelers have the football. A pair and a spare. That's how Mike Tomlin refers to his three inside linebackers. Miles Jack, Devin Bush, and Robert Spillane. Now, the problem is, and we've seen increased productivity and everything else from all three guys. Uh, But it's been up and down. And part of the problem is they haven't registered an interception, a forced fumble, or a fumble recovery this season. I mean, that's a drought of the second-level takeaways. uh, That's a huge drought, Wes. I mean, that's just one of those things because those guys are in the midst and usually at the point of attack wherever. They're always out there. They're always at the point where something's going on around them. And certainly you would think by now that that you'd have a couple of – You know, forced fumbles, you'd have an interception or two. I mean, you go back to Devin Bush's rookie year. He had two interceptions, one forced fumble and four fumble recoveries. You know, you go to Ryan Shazier, his last two years um, of playing, six interceptions, five forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Robert Spillane, think about 2020 when he picked six of the Ravens in the opening series. Yeah. I mean, it's not that these guys aren't capable. It's just like there's just this huge problem. Like the Sahara, right? That's hit mm-hmm. our linebacking crew.
0: Yeah, there absolutely is. And and really I think with the entire defensive front, honestly, um, you know, Wolf, it feels like for this Steelers defense when they've gotten splash plays this season, it's come on the back end, right? Right. Uh you've had you've had plenty from Minka, you've had some from Cam Sutton there as well too. Uh, but TJ, obviously, with him missing the chunk of time that he missed, uh, he hasn't had as many turnovers forced as he, as he normally does. Uh, maybe same with Cam. While Highsmith has done a great job in terms of getting after quarterbacks, and I think he's been much improved in the run game. Still, not a ton there in the splash uh, department as well either. So, uh, so yeah. So I think um, you're right. Like it, it, we talk how much this this team needs to 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 thrive on turnovers. How the offense needs to take care of the ball and the defense needs to get one or two and hopefully set up the offense in some opportune situations, you're right. I mean, some some help would go a long way in that regard because, it, again, it feels like the Steelers' secondary has kind of been the, the only ones with their hand in that pile so far this season. Exactly so. Um,
1: you know, it, it would be nice to see a little more splash amongst them. And it's not that – I know that – they're you know that – well, personally, I know they're capable. I mean, I've watched these guys at, at various degrees, you know, over the years – just watching Miles Jack, whether it was here or Jacksonville and wherever, and, and of course Devin Bush with that. You know, he. It was funny because his rookie year, it just seemed like the ball found him. He just had yeah. that 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 panache to you know show up when the ball got loose or make it come loose or however and whatever and however it's it's occurred whether the, the knee has, has set him back some and everything. He's looked much better but it's still not the same sort of bang that splash that stuff that you you know you you, you want to see week in and week out obviously it's you know you're not going to get it every week but the fact is you you look for those big plays because you know right now the steelers are i think their plus minus differential is uh, they're at, at zero and the let's see and um we've got carolina i think minus 2 I so, believe that's right yes. yeah i think i'm pretty close to that um, you know, again, I always need a fact checker when I start quoting <laughs> stats.
0: <laughs> here we go. It's, this is tougher for me to, you know, to do, to, to be the co-host and the uh, the producing fact checker. You're just here. so multi-talented. Uh, I hey, mean, all I got to do is talk. Hey, the Carolina Panthers are minus two. You are correct. Okay. The Steelers are a net neutral at zero.
1: One of the things that we need to see that would I, I don't know when it can can start to 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 break out, but um, right now. This this team, the Steelers are uh, their last in, in gains over fifteen yards, at nine point three. I mean, only nine point three percent of uh, their plays have gone for fifteen yards or more. Boy, do we need some explosive plays? It would help yeah. so much if you have those explosive plays that are that are in and you know weaved kind of in threaded in and out throughout the offense. I mean, I can't tell you how how great it is when you're grinding, 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 all of a sudden somebody pops one for 30, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're down there and you're like, Oh man, you might even get a timeout. Cause if you're, you know, in the last, uh, the, the first half or towards the end of the game, you know, you get a timeout get some Gatorade out there on the field. You're feeling your mojo. You got the downhill run going. Everything's moving with you and you're like, got that excitement. You're on the hunt. You're looking for that end zone. You want to put that baby in the end zone and get yourself six points and, and a fine Gatorade sitting on the bench. Uh, as you come off, but the fact is, you know, when you are grinding it as much as the Steelers are, there's always that possibility of pre-snap whistle, post-snap whistle, during-snap whistle, um, interceptions, fumbles. There's a lot of things that can go wrong, missed assignments. Absolutely. You know, and and so if you can pop some big ones there every now and then, it sure does help the uh, effort and being able to score some points.
0: Without a doubt, and it feels like we've seen – shades of that at times um there's there's been some some maybe uh some more downfield completions you know I, I think back to Atlanta and, and you know Friar Muth had that that short catch that he was able to break a couple tackles and turn into a 57 yarder you know you think about the the pass to George Pickens this past week they've had a few more of those chunk plays but I think you're right Wolf still would like to see more of those and them end in the end zone not you know not with a field goal attempt as well too which is i know obviously something that we've discussed that's been a theme of this season but i think it bears repeating um you know they when they when you do get those those big plays those field flipping plays in you know in tight low scoring games you you got you got to be getting seven more often than than settling for three
1: absolutely um your red zone opportunities you know first of all they're not all that plentiful you know so when you have red zone opportunities You've got to try and make something happen for sure for a seven-pointer and not for the three-pointer. Which, hey, you know what? You're, you're glad you got the Wizard of Boz. you know. And Matthew Wright, thank you for your contributions there with your ten in a row and everything else. He was a pretty talented kid, that's for sure. But the Wizard of Boz, you know, you, you you love having him. You love the fact he's successful and he's good. But that's that's not the be be all end all. I'd right. rather see him, you know, extra pointing that out rather than uh, kicking uh, for for. You know, three pointers. Um, You look at the Steelers' offense is 25th in red zone. That's you got to you got to pick it up. I mean, if if the Steelers want to be successful in the way that they are accustomed to, um, they're going to have to pick that that pace up and and do more in the red zone opportunities than what they've done lately.
0: They have, and that's you know that's been another one of those. This that's been a much like we've talked about. There's there's been some themes, and you know a lot has changed with the Steelers this year, Wolf. Uh, you know, you said goodbye to your to your 18-year future Hall of Fame quarterback. You said, right. you, you said goodbye to your, your, your 20-year, I think, future Hall of Fame general manager. You know, a lot of turnover on the roster and, in, and you know, in, in the personnel department as well, too. Um, but one thing for the last few years, it, it feels like there's been three things that we've talked about with the Steelers maybe since 2019, 2020, and that is running the football better, Stopping the run better right. and being more successful in the red zone like those those feel like those have all been <laughs> themes right over the last couple years, right. and I will say they've they've showed signs of progress this season, I think really tangibly for the first time in those departments it, it it's not a finished product it, it's it, it's not where we want it to be, but I do think there's been progress okay can you can you start to to top that off and really feel good about yourself in these final games heading into the off season
1: you know the, the thing about it is you, 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 we we've been nailing this because forty three and a half percent of Pittsburgh and you know Matt Williamson does a great job of scouting the best the stats together the guy the guy really does a, a superb job of putting them together.
0: But I can't the, believe the Browns let that guy go. I tell you,
1: I know. Well, that's why they're the Browns. <laughs> the Browns <laughs> is the Browns. <laughs> the brownies are the brownies. But forty three and a half percent of Pittsburgh's scoring plays have been touchdowns. That's the lowest percentage in the NFL. You've got to pick it up more yeah. than just threes, and that obviously correlates to what we've been talking about. And it's uh, it's good to statistically be able to back it up with what you're seeing. You know what I mean? To acknowledge that because that's something that's important. And hopefully, they can they they you can turn this around at any time. You just start to get a little success. You stack those successes again. I talked about it earlier. Even though maybe your competition wasn't the greatest if you roll through a number of them and you you get your confidence going you get your run game going you get whatever it is um it still plays out against the bigger ones uh it's it's really a matter of having confidence and understanding your group effort as it comes together at any point in time and certainly you know there's no better group effort that came together uh, better than an 05 when they won how many of the last what games uh to go into the Super Bowl yeah you know what i mean that to play your best at the end of the season—that's what it's all about. Hundred percent. That it, that really is. It's
0: it's it's all peaking at the right time, right? Yeah, it is. You you do occasionally in the NFL you see teams who look great at the beginning of the season and they end up winning the Super Bowl. That that does happen, but right. but more often than not, you're the, the best team in September and October is not the one that's holding the Lombardi Trophy in February.
1: No, you think about all those great Colt teams that would you Ex- know, exactly. They're, they're fifteen and one or something going into the last week they're resting guys the last couple games you know and and then all of a sudden it it, their season starts to fall apart
0: right like you know like last year the rams were great from from start to finish last year right you know but but again there's there's exceptions those rules you know what the exception is the Bengals, the team that the rams were playing in the super bowl (laughs) yeah I mean, they finished 10-7 and seven in the regular season. We forget that. It's, it's not like they were comfortably in the playoffs. It's not like they won 12 or 13 games. Right. Um, the Bengals did win the division, but they had to win games down the stretch to do that, and they had to win a lot of playoff games on the road to get to the Super Bowl. So that's kind of the, the balance. You do sometimes have teams that, man, they look really good at the start of the season, and yes, you, you see the Rams win the Super Bowl, but you also have the Bengals side of things where you know you're playing around just a little over 500 ball, and then you get hot at the right time, and it really takes off. And it's amazing because
1: you go, what's the difference? And the difference is simply, they do or they don't. You know?
0: Ah, was that? Was I supposed to? Well, you know, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> we've messed that up so many times, <laughs> but it is truly, it comes down to Yoda-like stuff. You know, you you find out who you are, and you know, you make sure that you understand that again. You you go with what is working for you. You know, I I loved, what I loved about B A was he always said, you know what. I want to be able to field an offense that can be run power football, can run, you know, come from behind, you know, all those attributes. You're looking to always excel in those attributes and, and do all those things. And you know, understand that it's a difficult process, but certainly, you know, um, it comes down to just the execution. Because I'm sorry, the, the schematics, the schematics are pretty much pretty similar in most places, but. As a matter of fact, we're going to come back and I'm going to show you a couple of schematics that are a little different in Carolina. I like it. After this.
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Second and ten, here's Foreman. Foreman found a hole. First down and more across midfield, still going. Finally chased down. Finally, DJ Moore's excuse me, Deontay Foreman's able to break one and just look at the blocking up front. There was no point in highlighting anybody because they all got to their man. And that's exactly what Carolina does. Get a hat on a hat make sure that you stay on your feet. You engulf the man in whatever fashion that they find themselves and you take them and move them. But one of the things that interested me was looking at some of the Formations that Carolina uses. What one of the things that is uh, interesting is that if you take a, let's say if you take an I formation and you line it up behind the right tackle, so that the Ian Thomas, who is a is a tight end, 260 hundred sixty pound tight end, you put him about two and a half yards behind the right tackle and just to the inside foot. Then you put Chuba Hubbard about two and a half yards behind him, literally from a shotgun formation. With the quarterback in shotgun formation, you can now have it's like a sidecar with an H-back sitting there, but not offset to the outside of the tackle, but to the inside foot. And it's interesting because they will run the counter trap. For instance, if it's on the right side, they're lining up behind the right tackle. They'll run it to the left, and they will go with Ian Thomas as, as the tight end, and they'll pull the right guard. The right guard will kick out the end man on the line, and Ian Thomas will lead up the alley as Chuba Hubbard takes the handoff, and it's on a counter step. They'll take a counter to the right, come back to the left. But we saw the counter trap run over and over last week against Baltimore. You know that's going to be one of their focuses. That Their foci? I don't know. I don't know what the proper pronunciation there is. But, you know, the proper focus will be on that counter trap and how they go about doing it. Now, remember that the Ravens did it in a different way. The Ravens had Patrick Ricard, the 300-pound Nose tackle, full back, you know, H-back, uh, inline tight end. They use him, and they use him in a variety of ways. Now, they will, they will, nev- I've never seen them line up Ricard behind the right tackle or to the inside foot of it. At it, it very worst, be it would be he'd have his heels right around the heels and uh, in, in, in a two-point stance as an H-back off the line of scrimmage. But uh, they will also run with that odd formation, that offset eye, like a 14-lead iso. And they will also run that with a fullback from an I formation behind the quarterback and use their young offensive lineman, Cade Mays, who's six six, three and a quarter, to be the lead I
0: saw. So sure. that
1: as as we start off, it's an off,
0: interesting formation. It is. yeah, it's
1: it's really weird. You know, I mean, it's they're getting interesting formations. They're obviously trying to hide some of their tendencies mm-hmm. and show different formations by which they'll run the ball out of. But to be able to run a lead iso out of the same formation that you run the counter trap from yeah. is interesting. It's to old me. school. It is. It is. And as Arthur said, it makes your shoulders hurt even as you sit here and you uh, you know think about it. Um, You know, the trapping game is something I was very experienced in. We ran the counter trap way back in the day. We always pulled the guard and the backside guard and tackle. I mean, that's just what it was done. Now, you know, they do it with tight ends, then they start doing it with various people because of the specialization era that the NFL is currently in. But back in the day, it was just like, no, we're going to pull the backside guard, tackle, wham, wham. One guy kicks out. One guy leads up the le. You got a double team on the front side, and if you uh, and if it's a three four, you got a, a, block, um, a gap over you. Then you know you go straight up on the linebacker, or, or that might be taken care of by the tight end and the tackle to the front side. So there's there's a various ways to run this uh, counter trap, and defending is going to be huge because um, Carolina does a great job of doing it, and, and obviously they sure they're sitting there watching the tape from last week when the. Uh, when the the Ravens ran the counter trap left, then twice to the right, the last three plays before the kneel down, and they got a first down.
0: Yeah, I mean they. That's the thing too. With like again talking about you know I mentioned in the first hour of the show like a a man in the mirror type uh, matchup. Right. Um. They 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 can hurt you when they're playing with the lead and when they're when they're closing things down. Go back and watch the the Seattle tape last week yes. as proof of that. Um, but that's why that's why you gotta stay on the front foot. You gotta stay ahead of these guys. You need to win. Another big thing here, Wolf. We got about sixty seconds before we gotta go. But um you gotta win first downs. I think that's a oh, big key for the Steelers. And second downs. Yeah. You yeah. got you, I mean right, you're right. I guess you gotta start on first down right and then win second right. down as well too. Force them into third and in predictable situations where you know Sam Darnold's gonna have to drop back and pass. Because exactly. that's where they that's where they really struggle.
1: You are very right, Wes. I'm I'm telling you, it's you're spot on. 'Cause you gotta put you gotta make Sam Darnold win the game. You do. I mean that's, that's, that's... You,
0: you want the you want the ball to be in his hands, you want the onus to be on him, not the run game.
1: Exactly so. And if you take a look at their passing game again, they are they've struggled And their five wins. Uh they've all been all under two hundred yards passing. They just do not hmm. pass the ball very well. You gotta make Sam Darnold have to come out and win the game. It's gonna be up to each and every man. Play your gap, be there, be square. West, we're heading to uh, Carolina tomorrow. Want to thank everybody. Yes, thank you for joining us in the locker room. I'll see you Sunday at one o'clock. We will be down in Charlotte. Join us. Go Steelers.